Congratulations! You found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing! Starring the original book divas Martha Steele and Vonnie Golden, and also featuring Megan Runyon, YA superfan. Pat Greiner, she has the head of an English major and the heart of a sci-fi nerd. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Well, you know, I had to order more um, scent beads because it's spring. (laughs) Back to the scent beads. And I seriously did order scent beads because <laughs> my house gets so musty smelling in the spring when the air is so wet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just because it's an old house or or what, but man, I'm telling you, there's a crawl space in there some someplace with something in it. Something. The last something. tenants. You ever throw some scent beads down in there? Must be what happened to the last tenants that wouldn't pay their rent. Could have been the other day. I think it was in the evening that I first noticed because, you know, when it's darker, I, my kitchen floor is kind of a, a light tan tile and I'm walking into the kitchen from watching TV and there's a whole fucking line of ants. They go right along the grout seam. For some reason, they oh. really like that. And they march their freaking way all the way up to my almost to the counter. So I go out there and I kill those little fuckers with my thumb. You know, because they're the tiny, tiny, tiny ones, the kind that like sugar. And they come in every year. And every year, Ron and I have this conversation. I say, could you please go get something for me to kill the ant, something I can use inside? And he doesn't say anything. So um, the next day, I go to work, uh, get ready to go to work, and I say, are you going to get some stuff for those ants? Well, it's pretty windy outside. I don't know if I can spray outside. I don't care about outside. I don't want them in the kitchen. Get the stuff. So I come home, and they're on the fucking counter, and I'm yelling and being a shrew because (laughs) their husband taking care of You have to kill their scent trail. I know. I did. I was about to say that. I bleached crap out of that tile area to try to get rid of any kind of and I swept the floor to try to get any food you know what works if you don't want to use like um bug killer that they don't like Hmm. pepper put black pepper down and they don't like the smell of the black pepper because when I first moved into this apartment I had ants crawling around my um, back door Mm -hmm. that's where they came in is around the back door yeah so I took black pepper and I just put it right on the door jam on the outside so yeah. that it wasn't all on the okay. inside. Well, he got this. Well, what long story short, after me losing my shit, I came home and he had sprayed outside. But that same night, I used the Walmart pickup and got a fucking vat of bug killer. So I'm never going to run out again. But at the same time, I was going through, you know, cleaning and in the springtime, I usually, you know, I'll put the the hummingbird feeder up because the hummingbirds are back. Um, and it's only, we're time traveling again. So it's the 23rd of May here. Excuse me. It's the 23rd of April here. And the hummingbirds come back fairly early. So I already put my feeder out. And of course, my mind immediately goes to, oh God, it's almost fruit fly season. And the fruit flies here are just awful i hate fruit flies 
because you can't ever catch them there so fast. And so every year I'll do my janky ass cobbled together fruit, fruit fly traps, which is basically I have this really cute little ceramic container that I'll put out and I put press and seal over the top of it, poke holes in it. Well, before that I put wine in it because fruit flies love wine. But real dark red wine that Ron likes to drink. So I'll put just a little of that in there and then they get in there and they drown. But it's janky looking. So this morning I was looking in Amazon to see if I could find something that's attractive that I could leave on my counter this summer. And I would say probably about 99% of the crap in there is janky looking anyway. Have you seen those ones that you can plug in? Yeah, I saw those on there and I kept thinking, man, we'd be sitting there watching TV in here. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know if I can take that, having a bug zapper in my kitchen. I don't know if that's how they work, but that's what I was imagining. (laughs) We used to put little dishes out at Kroger underneath like the produce tables Mm -hmm. that had like uh, apple cider vinegar in them. Mm -hmm. And so it would track them away from the produce. But yeah, there was never like an easy thing that looked cute. We always just have to like hide it. I did find something. First, I was looking, there's these, the really cute ones that have a pineapple, but it's like a, it's almost like a clip at the top. At first, I thought they were really cute, but then there's a clip on the top of the pineapple that basically has these little fucking fly trap sticky things. And I'm like, Uh. God, that'd just be gross because then there'd be dead flies everywhere. So I kept looking and I finally found a little, it's like a little flat white ceramic container with a little stainless steel top on it that has little holes in it. That's a fruit fly. So I'm ordering that. I'm going to try it out and I'll report back. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll put a link up on. And then of course we'll put a link to the bug zapper in case you want to try that out. (laughs) Yeah, it looked really cool. Well, you know, I just put an, an order in for Amazon because um, it's spring. It's time for more scent beads. Oh, man. Things are starting to stink. Did John Wayne Gacy live in that house in a past life? <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> we should. First life. I, I'm thinking we should try to, um, you know, because. What the landlord does with people who don't pay their rent. At any given time, guys, there are 1,000 serial killers in the U.S. who are active. Yep, at least that many. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to say more than that, I think. Yeah, yeah, so I'm I'm thinking I would do a little more investigate. I, You know what I would do? I would cozy up to a guy who has a corpse-sniffing dog. That's what I would do. I'd say, hey, come on over. Bring your dog. We'll have dinner. <laughs> and then the dog will be like... like- Dogs will play. <laughs> I feel like Echo would smell something if, like, there was something under there. Well, probably, but you know, have Not you know those dogs. old uh, tenures that they have for like some of the TLC smoking devices? It's just like a little tiny tin. Yeah, and it's like gel or like butter. I don't know exactly what it is because I don't partake. But there was one of those stuck in my couch for three weeks before Echo found it. See, oh, some wow. dogs just really don't have. She does, though. She those... has a really good Well, it's smeller. not just about that. It's more like. Their... She doesn't care. Yeah, their, their need to investigate smells isn't heightened. If that dead body had a laser pointer now. 
she should be all right about away. that. <laughs> Maybe you bought the house that was like, it was the house in that urban myth about the woman getting revenge, divorce, revenge, revenge for her divorce. <laughs> I'm, keep, I'm keeping that in, Pat. <laughs> you should. That was a great tongue twister. It was. There's yeah, a couple that, of dead fish somewhere that I just yeah, they're found in yet. the in the curtain rods, the the shrimp pails <laughs> oh, in the curtain rods. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my God. is that really a thing? It's a. I think it's. I think it's probably classified as an urban myth. Yeah, oh, you read it a lot God. on the internet. Well, you know, so I a, heard about a great it. Story, ladies. And I think I, that is a stellar idea to do at your ex's house. Put some shrimp tails. I completely tails. thought about it before I moved out of my house. <laughs> He'll wonder why divorced. his cats are hanging on the curtains. See, Bonnie's <laughs> trying to cover up corpse smells, and I just order like Harry Potter sorting house candles because I like to see what color the wax changes to see uh, if I hey. get the right house. Do they smell? <laughs> they do. They do. They have several different ones like on Amazon. You have something you can buy that like you'll know which house they are, I think. And then there's others you get like our mystery and you, you have you... to post those because with, with I'm Harry always, Potter, I'd be afraid that there are some that smell like vomit or grass <laughs> or, yeah, or boogers. The first one I ever yeah. got we, is from a local candle company here and <laughs> in town, but they do have some on like Amazon where you could, they'll turn red or they're, but I don't know if they're like, it looked like some of them were like mystery, weren't mystery candles. You bought a Gryffindor one, so you knew oh, it would turn red or you knew like, but there are some that you can get that you just, it's like a, it's a mystery candle. And it the mystery ones would be pretty cool. Yeah. You know, Cause you know, I love candles. I just, I need the scent beads. It's, it's mainly my bathrooms that smell real musty. Yeah. Um, so there's, I just guess there's bad ventilation. I, need I don't know. Some, I bought I need... some bath mats too, so. Oh, what kind of bath that. mats did you buy? Well, they don't exactly go with my bathroom very well, but they were the ones on sale. You cheap little bitch. Really? I know, <laughs> I know but all that stuff is so expensive. <laughs> I'm, it's like I'm either pay little... I'm a $7 cheap bitch for this too. one or $37 for this one. Yeah. I was like, mm, for seven, I'll take the stripe one that goes with absolutely nothing in my bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not like your, your, uh, guests are going to come over and go, geez, this doesn't go with anything. <laughs> People don't <laughs> give a shit. They really don't. I don't really often entertain. Now there are so. things that I judge people for that they have in their houses. Mismatched bath rugs? Is that what you? Because well, if so, besides, you better absolutely. pee. You better pee at the onky no, down the street no. before you get to besides my house. the smells. I have a real aversion to fluffy toilet seat covers. Oh, I don't like oh, those. Oh, that was a thing back in like it the was, 80s and 90s. It was a thing, but the problem is, is now I have the knowledge about the bacteria. I don't want any poop germs. And the grossness that gathers in those things. And I just can't even. I will oh, judge you. We had you. one in like you know, every bathroom. When yeah, I was we did kid. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, isn't this pretty? And, it, you know, for the longest time, you had the cover on the top. You had the, That's... you know, the rug around the bottom. You had. They even have the covers for the actual. The tank? Um, the tank. You mm-hmm. know, because. Every time I moved, somebody would buy me the complete set of bathroom. You know what I saw on Amazon one day? And I don't know if they still have them or not. It's like a decal that you can put on the tank. 
that had that looks like a fish tank or like on the bottom like some random ass thing around the tank of your toilet <laughs> oh at the top the top yeah. tank yeah the yeah. top tank you like know what else is from the like 80s exactly <laughs> yeah you got a little decal for the tank man you know what else is from the 80s that i absolutely cannot stand hmm. was the squishy seats remember those oh, seats that you yes. sat and they were like cushioned uh-huh. Yes, and it never failed. You would get a crack in that seat, and every time you sat down, you would pinch, pinch your, your butt. Cheek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not only yep. that, um, you can't clean him anymore because then the gross no. gets uh, uh, the gross uh, gets on the inside. Oh yeah. my god, that's disgusting. Yeah, I cannot stand those things. <laughs> oh, hated them. My grandma had one, so every time you'd go to the, I'd always go to the back bathroom because it had a regular toilet seat because the main bathroom had the squishy toilet seat. Mm. There's nothing like sitting down and shh. <laughs> <laughs> Pump that bad boy up like a whippa cushion. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you sit down. <laughs> so hopefully my Amazon purchases won't suck. I mean, it's kind of hard when you can't see them. But, but hey, if look at it this way, you started. If not, you, it only cost six bucks. You started your journey to cover up what's that smell with scent beads last year, and it must have worked because you did a reorder. So really, I know I we just had a lot of our the... we had a lot of our girls order those. I think did they? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I like them because they're not like really overwhelming. Hmm. It's like one of those ones that you just kind of get a whiff of every once in a while. Like I know everybody's had air freshener that you plug in and you can taste it in your food it's so strong but these aren't that bad not for martha i'm not even talking about martha no i have to i've been to your house a few times and i I do okay for very short bursts but really that's why i do it so martha won't come to my house i'm like bitch i got smelly stuff i know she'll never stay she'll only stay for a minute so what are scent beads? I haven't, I'm not familiar with them. It's like this little jar and they have little beads and the beads are like kind of wet. Like you take the very top off. I thought you just took handfuls and threw them into the crawl space like we talked about. Well, that's only one I need to really cover up the body smell. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's why I have, you know, two of each kind. So oh, okay. you put one in the bathroom, one in the crawl space. Mm. Well, those charcoal ones that I bought, those actually didn't have a scent to them. They, it didn't smell like anything. But it you probably them. it probably didn't get rid of the smell either, though, did it? No, it did, actually. Oh. It, it, they worked really well, but they weren't pretty. So, like, I bought that to put, like, in my utility closet. Hmm. And the dead bodies, the parts. It's where I keep my your token a- human your, your that acid, I cut the meat off of. acid dissolving vats. Yeah. To put uh-huh. the dead bodies in. They get kind of from Gacy sometimes. to Dahmer real quick. <laughs> yeah, but you know, he didn't have a very good strategy because he got turned in because he was putting them down the disposal and it got all clogged up. So the Ooh. smell was backing up in there. Well, he, that's not the reason he got caught, but that's got what they found. He ran out of his apartment with acid yeah. in his head and a drill hole down yeah, as he but, ran down the but street. That's, but that's one of the things that they, you know, after talking to people, they were like, God, the smell coming from there all the time. And then when they got down in there, it was all in his garbage disposal backed up because he was trying to put it. Uh, uh. God, we're really on the gross train today, aren't we? We kind of are. What the hell is wrong Sorry, with us? I'm, sli- 
I'm sleepy because I know everyone knows we're time traveling, but I got up at 1.30 this morning to watch Harry Styles at Coachella. <laughs> what the fuck? N- Megan, I, I am really concerned about you. I It was so worth it. It was so worth it. But I slept, I slept for like three hours, then got up and then immediately went right back to sleep because he went on at 11.30 California time. Don't so you was, have a DVR? No, because it live streams on YouTube. It's not oh. on TV. See, now somebody, some smart entrepreneurial type somewhere needs to figure that shit out so you can set a timer. Uh, well, I can watch it all on TikTok now, but I wanted to experience, I'd missed out on experiencing weekend one with the rest of the world. And I was not going to do that again. And it was worth it. It's kind of like when people stand in line at 1130. Yeah. For the midnight a, showing. Yeah, she's a, a camp out girl. Movie. She'll go camp yeah. out in advance. I did that once. Yeah. For who? There was. I'm not going to tell you because you'll make fun of me. Tell me. Tell me. Was it, was it poison? No, it wasn't. It wasn't a band. Oh, I'm talking about movies. Oh, oh, I know what it was. It was Twilight. So you just be quiet. It was Twilight. Twilight. Yeah, it was one of the Twilight movies. I did it for all those Twilight movies. Did you? I only did it for one and a whole bunch of us went. And the greatest thing was it was a couple of people that I worked with and some of their friends and stuff. And, you know, you don't really spend a lot of time with people that you work with, with your coworkers outside of work. And this one chick who's always real quiet, she's, she's cool. She was real nice and everything, but kind of laid back and everything. Somebody tried to cut in line. Oh, I will cut it. Wait a minute. Oh my god! No, that was a different time. That because I, you made me go. I remember that because I got the tickets. Remember, that was the second one. That was a different time. Okay, so I must have done it for two movies. But yeah, this this chick just went balls out. She did. I, I took one for the team, man. I actually went and sat through that movie. Uh, I I also will become a nightmare if I catch people trying to cut in line at a show. Like I, mm, yeah. no, nope. I, I don't like that either. But I usually will. I can see Megan doing that after seeing what yeah. she did at the after the after the last live show. She turned into the. She put her badass panties on and stood up and like tried to those keep... guys were up to no good i'm telling you i never saw megan like that all of a sudden it's like <laughs> those guys were boss megan guys. i don't just because they're high doesn't mean they're trying to steal shit <laughs> well yeah i know but i'm just saying they were high as a kite let's let's move right along so that we can talk about books since that's okay. why we're here supposedly you never told me which one the <clears throat> which one yes which I one did. am i reviewing you're reviewing the library one yeah. Oh. Hopefully they'll have that other one. I'm sure they will. Of course they will. You don't have to keep this in, but I have to tell you, there was the he did a lyric change in gold in Golden that he only has done like one or two other times, and they he did the lyric change as they panned like the girls on the front row, and I heard it as soon as he did it because it changes the meaning of the song a little bit, and their jaws were like on the barricade. They're looking at each other and they're like. And then they started freaking out and singing again. I was, I was like, that was the best moment ever on TV. Because <laughs> they were all of us in that moment. All of us were just jaws open. Like, he did the thing! I wish I was as passionate about anything as Megan was about everything. 
it's good to get excited about things. <laughs> I mean, I totally lost my shit sitting in my living room by myself when I see something that's amazing. Are you ready to go, girl? We're waiting on you. Oh, I found oh. my trigger word. I found my trigger <gasps> word. I can't believe I, I know what it is. It, do you really want to tell us, Megan? Because you know we will fucking torture you. Tell us. Tell us. Yes, because my coworkers know, so they you will. So I didn't know it was my trigger word until my coworker said it like 15 times. And I was like, please stop. Uh, instead of just being talking about sex, she would say fornicate. And I hate it. Fornicate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a new $5 uh, word. You fornicator. Yeah, like I don't know why. It, but after she said it like three or four times, I was like, can you just say sex, please? <laughs> like, why are you can saying fornicate? The fact that Megan was you begging fornicate. her to say sex cracks me up. <laughs> I don't know sex. why. I don't know why, but I... I decided. I was like, totally that, buying that's my you, word. I'm totally buying you a shirt that says fornicator on it. <laughs> no! <laughs> I wouldn't wear it. Don't waste your money on that. <laughs> Megan, you're going to yeah. get tortured. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Fornic- about fornication is probably easy on Discworld because everything's flat. Ooh, yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you'd be moist Flatten. all the time. Flat and moist. <laughs> <laughs> While you fornicate. Okay, so my book this week, let's go straight to absolutely nothing to do with the subjects that we're talking about. It's called The Personal Librarian by Marie Benedict. And um, this was a pretty interesting book. Um, It's set in the very early 1900s, like 1904, 1905, somewhere right around there. And the main character in it, is in her 20s. Her name is Bella de Costa Green, um, but she goes by Bella Green because she is a Black woman living her life as a white woman so that she can work and live and better her situation because at the time there were laws where Black individuals could not hold certain jobs. They couldn't go to certain schools. They couldn't live in certain parts of neighborhoods. And this actually was not her decision. It was her mother's decision to abandon her roots and move to New York City and start living as a white family. This was not uh, Bella's decision. It was her mother's decision to abandon her roots and move from Washington, D.C. to New York City and start living as a white family. It basically broke up her marriage because her husband and Bella's father was a, a huge advocate for African-American rights. And he was also the first black man to graduate from Harvard, which I thought was pretty interesting. But because of her living as a white woman, she was able to procure a position as the personal librarian to J.P. Morgan. Damn, that's a good gig. Yeah, which, I mean, J.P. Morgan is, everybody knows J.P. Morgan Chase Banks and stuff like that. So this is the original J.P. Morgan in the 1900s. She had a very interesting relationship with him. He didn't seem like he was a very easy person to work for, um, but she was able to gain enough of his trust that she would actually go to art auctions 
and bid $50,000 on art pieces and rare books to bring back to his personal library, which at the time that was a shit ton of money. So it's just kind of about her life and about her struggles at trying to keep her actual heritage a secret. Um, There's one woman in the book who very early on doesn't like her and kind of hints around that she knows what her secret is. But um, this woman also has a secret. I'm pretty sure it was JP Morgan's daughter. She was part of a Boston marriage, quote unquote, which at the time meant a lesbian couple. And that she was trying to keep that a secret. So they both, of course, even though they didn't like each other, they kept each other secret because, you know, that would destroy both of them. And yeah, it was, it was really interesting. And a lot of the art references were lost on me because I don't know a lot about the art world. Um, But it was interesting to learn about the arts and about the rare books that she went and bid on and just to hear about her life. And this is based on a real person. Like I looked her up on Wikipedia and they have like pictures of her and stuff. And yeah, it was, it was a really good read. I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I think anyone who is a fan of historical fiction would enjoy this. Uh, Even more of a plus if you're also a fan of the arts And that again was called The Personal Librarian by Marie Benedict. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it does. It it was really good. I mean, I think it wasn't a hugely long book, but it was very packed full of suspense and intrigue. And I think a lot of people would enjoy this. I mean, Megan, you would probably enjoy this book. It's not a rip your heart out, tap dance in the middle of the room kind of book. There are sad parts, but not nearly as sad as anything else that I usually read. Sounds fun. I mean, that'd be an interesting story to know. You think about all those titans of industry, so to speak, in that era and thinking about them having somebody just go stock their library for them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And the fact that even just having a woman go Mm -hmm. to these art auctions and everything. She, a lot of times was the only woman in the room because it just wasn't done. I mean, women just didn't have those kind of positions in the 1900s. Well, it intrigues me about JP Morgan even more because I don't know a lot about him as a person, but I feel like he would, that was kind of very progressive of him to put her in that position. It was very progressive. Now, if he is a trash human and I don't know it, I apologize. But <laughs> I, I mean, don't know the book didn't really him. make him out to be a trash person. He's arrogant, obviously. Yeah, he's, he's and one of the men who built America. Yeah, set in his he's, ways. Yeah. But any old rich dude is going to be those things. Exactly. And just the fact that he trusted a woman enough to do his bidding for him at Mm -hmm. these super important auctions. I mean, he would send her like to Europe 
Wow. And and all all kinds of places to That's crazy. That's really yeah. cool. It was a really good read. Thank you, Martha, for recommending it to me. You're welcome. Let's see what Pat read. Surprise, I read a Margaret Atwood book. No. <laughs> oh, you could have knocked me over with a feather, Pat. <laughs> uh, going back a little ways, this is one that came out in, I believe, 1993 called The Robber Bride. I'm a almost a Megan quality fangirl when it comes to Margaret Atwood. <laughs> That's so, quite a statement. Yeah. That's a statement. <laughs> if she showed up on my front porch, I would squeal and run around. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh. We need to make that happen. I want to see it. I want to see Pat squeal. <laughs> uh, it would have been a great Galentine's book because it's essentially a story about friendship between these three very, very different women. One of them is the university professor. She's a historian and specifically a military historian specializing in war. She's not officially, I think any, like a little person, but she's you know under five feet tall because they're always talking about how if she sits in a chair, her feet can't reach the floor. And she's, so she's this very, and it's, it's, a, it's a great kind of irony, I guess, because she looks childlike and yet she specializes in this very, usually masculine field of history. And so she really has to assert herself in order to get people to take her seriously in her field. The second one is like the ultimate spooky, kooky, hippy dippy flower child um, who teaches yoga class and, and works at the, helps out at the food co-op and takes in stray people for whatever reason and gives, you know, gives them whatever little she has and sends them on their way and doesn't, you know, is always worried about what kind of vibrations you're putting out into the world. And <laughs> you know. sounds like my old art teacher from high school. <laughs> and the third one is a, a very highly successful woman, businesswoman who is an investor. She's, you get the feeling she was kind of like one of the people you see that they have on Shark Tank before Shark Tank existed. Oh. She is an investor. She's, and she's always like, I don't, I don't invest in something unless I can control it. And, uh, and, but the three of them went to college together and they have maintained this friendship over the years, despite the fact that all three, you know, each one kind of makes the other two roll their eyes in one way or another, <laughs> but, but they still are there for each other and they share a very interesting bond. And that bond is that each of them had a very important relationship with a, a relationship with a man broken up by the same woman, Xenia, oh. who has broken up each of their in some cases, a marriage. In some cases, living together and so mutual they, they are, hatred is always. They are bonded yeah. together by their by their hatred for Xenia, she, but Xenia died five years ago, and so they're all at lunch one day, and they look around, and she walks through the door of the cafe. <gasps> she's not say really, what? She's not really dead. Shit. Yeah. What a great <laughs> twist. Yeah. So, and that, that happens at the very beginning of the, actually the set of them having lunch together and she, her walking in is like the first chapter of the book. And then you have pretty lengthy uh, flashbacks in which you get each woman's story. 
And being Margaret Atwood, she makes those stories. So, I mean, they're just wonderfully detailed and so compelling. And you just feel like you know these women, really. And you care about them and, and what's going to happen with Xenia back in the picture. So I've, it's, a, it's not a short book. It's, it's close to, I think, 500 pages. And those were pretty small print, mm. <laughs> densely packed pages. But she can do no wrong. Okay. That's <laughs> Margaret Atwood. But, uh, and just as a side note, I've been coming across on Kindle on, I don't know if it, maybe it knows me well enough to say, Hey, we should show her these, but there are a bunch of Mark new Margaret Atwood short stories. Yeah. I saw that Kindle. the other I mean, day. There was one. And you can get them for like a dollar or a dollar or $2. And uh, I've, I've read, I've only had the chance to, uh, read one, although I've downloaded a couple and it was great fun. It's was that one? Uh, my, my evil mother. Anyway, that was The Robber Bride by Margaret Atwood. Cool. Megan. So I have a YA book that just really caught my eye. And I can't remember if I saw it in a store or I saw it on Book Talk or I don't think it was on Book Talk or if I just stumbled across it randomly. But I have Teen Killers Club by Lily Sparks. And this book starts off with a bang and just never really stops. So we start off with our main character uh, and her name is Signal. And she is on a prison transport bus and she's being transferred around. But we don't really know what's quite happened yet. Uh, But we really early on within the first few pages find out that she's been convicted of murdering her best friend and not just like a little murder, like decapitating her best friend. But she's convinced that she's saying she was framed, that she didn't kill her best friend. But everybody else is going, no, you were the only person in the shed. There was no evidence of anybody else in the shed. And you woke up with her body in your lap and the weapon by your hand, you're guilty. And so they convict her. And she is, gets a visitor in in her prison, in her jail, whatever. And this guy kind of offers her a deal, so to speak. And she thinks she's getting transferred prisons. She doesn't really know what's quite to make of this offer but he's basically like come work do this program for 15 years and at the end of it you'll get out of jail or prison i guess it's probably prison since it was murder and he goes but you got to pick now because it starts today like you would leave today you have to decide right now so she quickly says sure because i i'm innocent i'll go to this other place and be able to maybe have more access to prove that I'm innocent or whatever. Come to find out it's a camp with other teenagers who are convicted of murder. And her her closest friend is also, well, she kind of makes a friend as much as you can make a friend in a five second interaction on a bus, um, who goes by nobody and she always has a ski mask on. So everyone assumes that she has burns and that she's like, hiding her burns and she just goes by nobody that's what we call her the whole most of the book she's called nobody and they make her take off the ski mask when they're in transport 
because some of the other girls prisoners are like nobody else gets to wear a mask or gets to wear a hat why does she get to and they the like warden yanks it off her head and uh signal defends her kind of basically like leave her alone like just let her be well they didn't get like they didn't get transferred to another prison they get sent to this camp and it is in an old summer camp they're living in cabins and they are considered with they have a classification of people that you take this test almost like a myers-briggs type test and you get classified as like a class a and class a basically means that you are the worst of the worst you'll never you'll never be anything other than you're probably a horrible human you've probably killed people if you haven't yet you soon will uh is kind of how they view the class a's so all these teenagers are class a's and they've all in this camp together and they just get thrown in. They don't really get explained what's going on. And the first morning they're doing this big obstacle course and she sucks at it. (laughs) And it's just all this going around and she's trying to figure out how these kids, like what they, what crimes they committed to end up there. So you're kind of learning about probably eight of them, but what you quickly realize uh, what we come to find out is this is a training camp for teenage assassins. Ooh, cool. So these two people are in the woods training these kids to go be assassins and they're going to send them out. So that's why they do the obstacle course. And they they have to, he'll give them like mannequins and say, go hide this mannequin so I can't find it. If I find it, you fail and you have to rehide your mannequin. And so of course these class A's that have all been convicted of murder, most of which are guilty of it, have no problems with any of it. They're like, yeah, I know how to hide a body. Let's go. And poor, poor signal is been framed. Basically it's in the, it's talks about it in the first blurb. So she doesn't know how to do any of these things. She's very uncomfortable. Her mannequin actually ends up being what they consider a bleeder. Like it has (laughs) fake blood in it. So she's just freaking out. (laughs) And she keeps like, she's like, I'll just dump it in the lake. Well, of course it floats. So she fails (laughs) and then she tries to burn it. And it's a silicone, like super silicone kind of mannequin. So it won't burn. (laughs) And she's, she's having a hell of a time. And it wouldn't be a little bit YA without a little bit of romance. So there's a couple of the boys that she kind of has things for. And you don't really know if you can trust any of them throughout the story. Like one minute you're like, oh, okay. Like he's still a murderer, but but I know why he murdered. So maybe he's not bad. <laughs> and then the other one, you're just like, well, is he bad? Like, we don't know. It was so fun. It's short. It's only like 250 pages. It was a really quick read. There's a lot more to the story that I won't give away, but there's, they go on their missions and you start to find out things about the people they're sent to. You start to find out more things about the camp and it was just super fun. I think I liked the cover is probably what drew my eye. She, it's like a cartoony cover and she's got bright blue hair and she's looking out at all the other people on the field. And it just says like teen killers club on the top. I highly recommend it. And you get to find out what actually happened to her best friend, Rose. Did she kill her? Did she not? Did she black out and not remember? We don't know. You have to read the book. I know, but you y'all don't know. Cause you haven't read it yet. Uh, so that is Teen Killers Club by Lily Sparks. I'm not usually awesome. a YA reader, but that sounds pretty cool. 
I'm was, very interested in in the school for assassins. Hey, yeah. if you like school for assassins, Discworld has that too. The Assassins Guild. I know. Quit trying to sell Discworld on me. Exactly. I will never like it. I will always love it. You're allowed. It's kind of like that. Did anybody see that movie? Oh, I don't know. It might be like eight or 10 years old. Hannah. It was Saoirse Ronan as a teenage assassin. (gasps) Yes. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And it it was a good movie. I really liked it. Awesome. So you guys ready for a shock? Did you read a romance? Nope. Okay. I read historical fiction. That is also a shock. But I'll tell you why I did. You know how I love to go. I can't remember if I read about this in an article. I think that's what it was. I was reading one of those articles that recommend new books that was out. And the library didn't have a copy, so I recommended it to the library. But I didn't really read that much about it. Just a little blurb. Because it said funny, a darkly comic blend of history and invention. So I was like, oh, okay. And the library bought it. And it's a debut author. And it's called The Torqued Man by Peter Mann. The Tort? Torque. Like T O R Q U E D. Torqued Man. Ah. It caught me right away because there's a manuscript that's found, or actually, I think there's two manuscripts that are found in the very beginning of the book. And this this takes place during wartime in Berlin, and you have a German spy handler and his Irish secret agent who are the main characters. So it's it's, it's basically a spy novel. And I love spy novels. But the fun thing about this book is the characters are really unusual. The one guy is a, he has a club foot and he's gay. But of course, as you know, when you're in that time period, you don't dare let anybody think that you might be gay because it's basically a death sentence. So he kind of has a secret crush on the Irish guy. Well, the Irish guy, when he first meets him, gets gets out of prison. And they immediately, well, what happens is the guy's like, oh, man, that waitress at the, at the place was, and he, you know how Irish slang and their swears are all so good? Well, this guy starts right off right away talking about the uh, assets of the waitress and how much he wants to go get with her. And basically, he ends up performing a sex act on his um, guy so that they can go. He's like, here, I'll help, you know, because he's just gotten out of jail. It's no big deal to him. He just basically gives a guy a blowjob. And then they all go out and, and move forward. It's, it's very strange kind of, I mean, because this guy is a club foot. You can tell he's not really very, you know, attractive. And he has this inner voice of he's always thinking about that part of it for himself. And most of the ways that he is able to um, get his rocks off is with rent boys, basically. But during this whole thing, the war is going on. And so you, you, you get all of the details about the war in kind of a backwards sort of way. 
because they're spies as well. And so there's, there are several things throughout it. I mean, there's, there's one section where his, the guy's sister and her husband have a, a baby and the baby is, she's got cerebral palsy or something similar to that. And she can't eat, you know, she's, they have to cut stuff up for her and she nearly chokes to death one time when he's there and the father like tries to make her eat and basically he go tells pulls a guy aside and he says if anything if you ever do something like that again I'll kill you because he really loves his niece well as the war progresses also the Nazis are putting out all of these medical edicts to destroy handicapped people and you know all of those sorts of things are happening at the same time and the doctor well eventually his sister dies and then his brother-in-law dies and so he has kind of custody of the niece and he has to put her in a hospital because he's a spy so he takes off and he's doing his job and trying to find a place where he can be with her and he finally gets a, gets his place all ready and he goes to get her and she's just been killed so um he's all bummed out and he tells his friend about it and later on the doctor gets killed and there there's actually a hit list of a bunch of different doctors as part of the story as well but the reason that I love the book so much has 99.9% to do with the fact that it's told in such a way that it just, through the eyes of two people with a sense of humor that I just loved. Even though all the horror is going on around them, you just get such an interesting perspective of the way all of these things happen. And of course, they're trying to kill Hitler. And it's, it's, a bit hilarious about the way he he goes about it but a lot of these details are actually listed in this manuscript and you never really know what exactly happened and what's made up it's just really a unique way to put a story together and I was so compelled by it I could not stop listening I started yesterday and finished right before the podcast I just was so hyper focused on it and I'm like man I haven't I've had a couple of books lately that have been like that, but this is so far out of my wheelhouse, I was very surprised that I liked it as much as I did. But it fit my weird sense of humor just perfectly. That was called The Torqued Man by Peter Mann. It is a debut novel, and yes, I'm going to get a copy for my shelf because it was extremely well-written and very well-plotted. And I've rendered you silent so <laughs> I know you're yep you're reading about war I just don't even understand it's very confusing uh, and in the meantime when we're all doing our doing our reviews we're sitting there posting back and forth on the chat about different stuff well I mean it's it's the multitasker in us I have to listen and do something at the same time kind of like an audiobook I was treating you like I do my audiobooks and you know I love my audiobooks <laughs> I was correcting Martha's spelling of <laughs> Harry Styles' last name. Well, I was also multitasking to my in my defense. 
It's not like I had the opportunity to pay that much attention. I just don't think she cares as much as you do, no, Megan. I just don't. I mean, you play I know his it's music, my job, you but spell his name right. It's radio. Nobody sees my spelling. That's um bad. it comes over the radio screen when it plays on my radio. Because yeah, Harry I Styles don't... played on the radio on my way to Costco today. Yeah, but I... Was it the new song? And I'm on the radio right now too. I don't remember what song I'm time it was. traveling. I just looked at it and I was like, hey. I thought of Megan. I had to cheat on Martha's radio station because they weren't playing his new song. Hey, what's his new song called? As it was. We are playing it, um, dumbass. I, don't... I never hear it. I hear it on the other station. It could have been the one that was playing. I, I don't... even talked about you when I played it the first time. It was like it was. <gasps> Did you? Yes, because it was like a, it was like several days after you played it for me. Yes. And I got on as soon as we got it that day. It was, you told me about it on the weekend and we added it on Tuesday. Yes. So we were not that far off on it. And I said, my friend Megan made me listen to this last week. And here it is because she's the queen of Harry Styles. <laughs> and now you cheated on me, you bitch. I know, I'll switch back. It's okay. <laughs> I just keep missing it in the Whatever. car. <laughs> You know, it felt, it felt very 1997 because I pulled into my garage and I had just hung up my phone and I, so the Bluetooth disconnected and it was just starting on the radio. And I was like, I have to stay in the car, even though I could pull it up on YouTube. <laughs> I wanted to hear it in the car. <laughs> I do that too. I have driveway moments. They're very rare yeah. these days because I do music for a living. And so I don't really connect with yeah. it the same way as I used to, but. When I hear Harry Styles, I think of Megan. And when I hear Watermelon Sugar, Watermelon I think sugar, of Keith. Because that came on sugar. the other day when I was driving. I, I as a Harry Styles fan, appreciate the fact that you actually called it by the proper title, unlike the stupid fucking influencers who can't get the title right. Yeah, we know. What's this? <laughs> Say that song title, every time I hear it, I go down the rabbit hole of Brodigan's in Watermelon Sugar. If we circle back to books. I don't Even know Martha's that. Even looking at me like, okay, this may be... When I was in college, Brodigan was the hot ticket, hippy-dippy, weird writer that we were all reading. Okay. And one, of his, one of his most famous books is called In Watermelon Sugar. Oh. Wow. Well, maybe yeah. Harry read that book. Maybe. Or he was just talking about... And was inspired. <laughs> well, it's better than what I think of. And I think of, you know, when you uh, cut a hole in the watermelon and put the liquor bottle in to look, 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 and let it sit there it until it's so it definitely yes. about oral sex yeah. <laughs> oh is it yeah. oh yeah <laughs> definitely i haven't paid attention to the lyrics that much to tell you the truth although there's a better one of his leaked songs that he's even more blatant what he's talking about and uh, everyone's like people were losing their mind over watermelon sugar if they'd heard this song holy shit why <laughs> is it about playing around. the skin flute no, he talks about because uh, you know he is a little bit of everything, right? He is a little bit of everything. The song—I'll give you a reference—but the song was called "Complicated Freak," uh, and it, the whole song is about basically places he's had sex, <laughs> and right. he's talking well, about you know, um, the tip of his tongue. He'll do anything for her in this. But you know, I'm so naive when it comes to which is funny because I'm not naive. But when it comes to like song lyrics, because I didn't realize that uh, Prince's Little Red Corvette was talking about sex. God, I knew that. even, And I was a virgin. 
I didn't know that. I never paid that much attention to the lyrics. In fact, that I song guess. made me very hot when I was it. in high school. I thought that was the best, most sexiest song ever. Prince has a sexy speaking voice too. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought he was just talking about a car. <sighs> I don't know if I've ever listened to it that closely. Oh, <laughs> now I feel like I need to go back. Pretty clearly, in that yeah, sexy. Yeah, I probably yeah, I just clear. haven't listened to it in like a really like, long time. She this- had a pocket full of Trojans. Some of them oh, used. Yeah. Yes. She's yeah. talking. She's not talking about like you know horses. I would hope not. I don't know how you would have Trojan horses in your pocket. Um. And some of them are used. That's disgusting. Why would you? Ew, have why would you? How do you know that's pocket? what the? Is that what the lyrics actually say? I don't think so. Yes. I thought no, it said Trojans. It Trojans Hang on the on, loose. She's Hang got on. a pocket full of Trojan. Some of them used. I don't think that's what it says. I'm looking it up right now. I think it's Trojans on the loose. Okay. If that's true, then I've been singing it wrong for 20 years. Oh, I have songs that I've been singing wrong I'm for 20 just years. Saying, but I don't care. I, I'm just saying, Bonnie, I think I'm right. If I'm right, what do I get? I guess I must be dumb because you had a pocket full of horses, Trojan, and some of them used. But it was Saturday night. I guess that makes it all right. And you say, what have I got to lose? God damn it. I knew it. That's disgusting. Who keeps used condoms in their pocket? I know. Well, I mean, when I used to sing all the time, it never even occurred to me that those were, they were talking about. Oh, my God. Yeah. So then the next verse is, (laughs) I guess. I'm blushing. I guess I should have closed should have closed my eyes when you drove me to the place where your horses run free because I feel a little ill when I see all the pictures of the jockeys that were there before me. Uh huh. Megan's blushing bright. I've never like because I think I only ever sang like the chorus. Like I never paid that. Like I would only hear it when the chorus came on. Yeah, it's a sexy song. And he's the great thing about Prince is he always sang in a falsetto, but his voice was so deep. Holy shit. He was sexy. He can hit those high notes and the low notes. He was Mm -hmm. a sexy, sexy, sexy beast. Only he was only like four feet tall, but still. This book that that I just read had a lot of scenes in it where, because the Irish man was extremely sexually driven. And there's one scene in there where he shows up to this woman's house and he was looking for one of the doctors and he's going to try to kill the doctor. And he shows up to the door and the wife meets him at the door and says, I've been expecting you. Come on in. She thinks that he's um, a male prostitute and she like begins the whole thing with him and she ties him up and doing all this shit to him. And he always he always calls his penis his horn, which no. I I don't know if I've ever heard it described as a horn before, but I don't like that. I kind of do. I don't like it either. So the mm-hmm. the line in Complicated Freak it says, "Tip of my tongue, she's pulling my hair. I do what she wants anywhere. Backseat of the car, up in the air." But I miss how that's not what he says in that last line because it doesn't make sense. But yeah. Trying to get I mean, the one verse that you said is definitely talking about oral sex. Tip, tip of my tongue. She's pulling my hair. Pulling definitely. My hair. Yep. Yeah. And Megan, I listened to Taylor Swift on the way home from Costco, too. No way. It was Harry Styles and and Taylor Swift. I was having a very Megan drive. That's a really good drive Edmund. on the radio. 
that's like, see, it's because you were up this way at new. It was like, this what is it was. what needs to happen. I was in Megan's neighborhood, so I had to listen to Megan's songs. Mm. Yes. Oh, here's the other line. You've lost your head, so I'll give you mine. Oh, well, isn't uh. that really <laughs> nice? Yeah. You know, this isn't sexual, but I was walking around the other day and I was singing. Um, it's kind of an older song. It's one of those. It goes your yes and your no. You're hot and you're cold, you're yes and you're no, you're in and you're out, you're up you're and out, you're down. You're up and you're down. And I was thinking about that song. And um, I think that it's talking about menopause and not about a guy. You change your you change your mind like a girl changes clothes. clothes. You PMS like a bitch, I should know. I should know. That's what you it's do Katie Perry. when you menopause. True. And since you know Is I'm, that who sings that? Yeah. Perry, yeah. Yeah. Katy Perry. I kind of like her though. I do. Yeah. Since I'm doing that menopause treatment thing for New Leaf Wellness, but you, you know what bad. I really like? I really like talking about menopause. It's awesome because you can be hilarious, silly, and still sell a product. It's awesome. It's like the best yeah. kind of commercial ever. That's fair. Have you seen Menopause the Musical? No, but I need to. It's a, I've heard it's, it's not, really good. It is you know, not much for plot, but the songs are hysterical. Oh, now yeah. I got to look that shit up. I bet. Mm -hmm. yeah. What was that one Queen song that somebody changed the lyrics and it was a menopause oh, song? Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, my God. That, that was, was hilarious. So God, that dog. <laughs> I'm sure you can pre-order Harry's new album on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> they have something We're for my dog ahead. snoring yeah do they make, it doesn't do, come out till may 20th do they make cpap for dogs because <laughs> you know i think we ought to hook echo up with that do you think they might sell a sleep apnea machine for echo on amazon i don't Listen, think so there's nothing wrong with my dog her the snoring with a canine there you go know. there's your million dollar idea canine, Martha. if you can figure out how to get a canine to wear a cpap machine <laughs> I'm you have to put the cone of shame on them first, I feel like. And then, oh. then put, you, so it'd be a double whammy. <laughs> you give me a hard time for wanting to put a hat on my dog and you want to put a CPAP machine on her? <laughs> well, at least that's something would actually be useful. A hat on a dog is like a fucking tutu on a fish. My dog's white. I have to make sure that she doesn't get her little face sunburned. Her whole body's going to get a fucking sunburn, Monty. That's why she needs the sundress, too. Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bonnie. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, you're not. Kind of. <laughs> I did find the pattern and everything. Does Amazon sell sundresses for fucking dogs? I bet they do. <laughs> I bet they does. do. <laughs> why do you think I bought that tape measure when we went to Michael's last time? It's so I could measure my dog and make clothes. I don't want anybody to give me shit about nothing and what else. <laughs> <laughs> Monty's making dog clothes. I may get really up at 1.30 in the ones. morning to see Mr. Harry Styles, <laughs> but I'm not making my But you don't parade your clothes. shame out in public. <laughs> You're not making a, a frog hat for your dog? No, but name? can you make me a frog hat so I can wear it to Harry's show next time? <laughs> <laughs> or Louis, I'm not picky. They'll both hey, find it funny. Harry wears I, one all the time. I found a pattern for a human <gasps> frog hat. I might. It was I, pretty cool. I'm still waiting that. for my pussy okay. hat, Vonnie. Remember when they had well, pussy hats back when? We need them more than ever now. 
because oh, they're banning because they're banning, banning abortion and oh. all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's easy. That's like just a simple straight up and then just sew make, down just the middle. Make sure that you make a clitoris in it so that, you know, we can rock the clitoris in public. Listen, and then if, if a guy goes, what's that? We'll go, yeah. <laughs> Come on. It's not that hard. Usually. <laughs> Nobody got that. Are we clearly. talking about a, I got you. a vagina yeah. hat or a penis hat? No. no. I could probably find a pattern for that, too. No, I don't oh want to wear God. a penis hat. I'd wear a, a, a hat with a clitoris on it, though. The clitoris? A um, I'm actually part of an, uh, a crochet group on Facebook and they have dirty crocheting like that. Do they? Awesome. Yeah. Mm. Sign me up. Let me see. Just let make, me look up. Just vag- put lots vagina of hat. Put lots of holes in it so that. Uh, God, that dog needs a CPAP. I'm telling you. <laughs> it only bothers you. So do you want a vagina hat that has like hair on it or do you want no. a vagina hat that's bald no do you want one that's like rainbow like a pride well that would be a like, multi-use one you know because you could wear that to the pride parade and for you know protesting in the streets and whatnot i mean i'd have to leave out the hair but the hair is definitely not gonna do it no that looks like a flapper hat yeah. like the thing like the way with the <laughs> no, hair right. behind you use, it looks if like feathers like if you one. put feathers on there instead of hair it might look cool Let's yeah. see if- and then people will be looking at it real close oh <laughs> <laughs> it's a chicken v- vagina <laughs> you have a, a, a chicken pussy on your head my pussy's a little chicken <laughs> Oh, that's so wrong on so many levels. For Easter, you could like put an egg in it and there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it could like be a, a new Easter game. Who can fertilize my egg? <laughs> oh, I think that's gonna do it for <laughs> three book girls. Can't get enough of three book girls? Check them out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow them on TikTok, YouTube, and check out their website at threebookgirls.com. And join the group Three Book Girls Tribe on Facebook. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend or join them at one of their live events. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.